All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gaming History 101. I gave it a slight twang there, guys. Sorry about that. And actually, this week is going to be Gaming History X. We're going to be talking about uh, modern-day topics. Um, and joining me today is a very special guest. I've known him for a long time. He's been part of many communities, including the Easy Mode Unlocked community, uh, where Trees uh, ha- hails from. But uh, this is my first time having him on uh, this show and uh, actually having him on a podcast in a while. Uh, so I'd like to everybody to give a warm welcome to Ben. What's going on, Ben? Not much. I'm glad my wedding finally worked out for me. I knew eventually you'd have to scrape the bottom of the barrel and <laughs> throw out the call out to me. <laughs> Oh no, but. man! I knew I knew it was in the works. You just had to be prepared. <laughs> exactly right. right. Lots of preparation. <laughs> but uh, welcome to the show. Now we were talking about just before the show uh, this year. You recently started your own podcast. <clears throat> yep. And it definitely bears repeating on this show. So for those looking for it, um, it's uh, well, I'll, I'll let you introduce it because because uh, I screwed it up when we were talking pre-show. <laughs> That's all right. Everybody does. Usually it's uh, podcast junkies, but uh, the actual name of it is Platform Junkies. Uh, probably easiest way to find us is just on Twitter at Platform Junkies. Uh, a lot of you people will probably know Chickable Moshfit. Uh, he's one of the guys on there with me. Also is Josh Noise and uh, Veronica when she's not falling asleep to Disney movies. Uh, she's on there as well. Oh, well, there you go. Um, <clears throat> it's a great show. I haven't gotten caught up yet, uh, but uh, but I've definitely been listening. And, uh, yeah, your, your, uh, your mix of uh, not only topics but uh, breed of, uh, of, of hosts definitely works well. Uh, so, <laughs> Thank you. So I highly recommend people to check it out. Um, so, all right. Well, and, and the IRC, I'm going to try to keep up with you guys. Uh, we're going, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a little crazy because this is going to be a, a little bit of a quicker show. Um, I have something going on, so uh, we're only going to be going one hour. But the, the ever-popular topic is Steam Machines. So uh, earlier this year, uh, actually within the last month or so, uh, Valve announced, finally announced um, in a three-tier announcement, the Steam Machine. And uh, while SteamOS is very cool, and we'll kind of touch on it for a sec, but it's basically a Linux-based OS that uh, basically is dedicated to gaming. So essentially works like an OS on any console, um, and, uh, and and basically will be compatible with any any Linux game. And the the hope is is that with uh, with the graphics drivers and less resources being used by other platforms, most notably either uh, Mac OS or uh, Windows. Um, you won't have a lot. Of, you, you'll get more optimal games uh, and, and quality out of the same hardware. Um, they also announced a controller, and I'll be honest with you, Ben, we may not tackle the controller just because it's a feat in and of itself. <laughs> That's true. But it's a very interesting touchpad with uh, random buttons that are hard to tell in a picture that basically tries to do its best to emulate console gaming and keyboard and mouse. Or, sorry, not keyboard and mouse, mouse. Um, and from what I hear from people I trust, such as uh, Super Meat Boy uh, developer Team Meat and uh, and various others, uh, it works as well as you would think uh, as a mouse replacement, even in RTS games. So uh, while I think that remains to be seen, um, you know, that's that's that. But uh, but I think the biggest announcement they made was uh, they're finally unraveling this long spoken of steam machine the console uh, the, the the pc that hooks up to your television and works in big picture mode um much like a console and uh and i think the idea is to sweep the console market and uh, i don't know about you ben but hearing console gamers especially uh right after this uh vgo aside from michelle most of them are predominantly console gamers hearing what they hope the Steam Machine would be, the price point, how it would work, things like that. I can already see inherently there's going to be a little bit of a mismatch between this already <laughs> wide moat that is what PC gamers have as an expectation for not only the Steam Machines, but right now in the world of PC gaming versus yep. what the console gamer has as far as expectations. I don't know, what are your, what are your thoughts yeah. in terms of that? I think a lot of console gamers that are looking at this are a little pie in the sky, especially for pricing. I mean, for something that's going to be powerful enough. I, I mean, for the parts that they're going to throw in there, it's gonna it's gonna cost a pretty penny. Yes, and we will be discussing those, um, and and we'll we'll kind of tackle this from from every angle we can, um, and, and kind of keep it as on topic as possible. Um, 
as much as people like to joke that I'm a PC elitist because I recently got, you know, built a rig and I've been playing games on it, you know, honestly, I wouldn't go that far. My rig is, is, is fairly, um, mid-level. It's not going to be able to compete with a lot of the things even coming up on the generation. Watchdogs, it was not specced for, um, in, at least at recommended settings. And, uh, and, and so I wouldn't say I'm that much of an elitist, but I definitely bounce between the 360, the PS3, and the PC kind of seamlessly these days. Um, now, as far as I know, for you, Ben, it's, it's somewhat the same circumstance. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, kids running around in the garage oh, out here, good, so <laughs> I'll try to Life ignore them. But yeah, no, you're maybe good. 50-50. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, and so... Um, so I guess where where it stands with that is we're going to be as much we're going to do what we can <laughs> to try to stay as even keel without any any uh, you know leaning on one side or, or the other versus pro or against PC gaming. Although I would argue both of us are prepared to at least discuss uh, the ins and outs of what's expected from PC gaming, especially me as I tried to build a rig and saw what people were recommending. Um, and I know we're kind of mixed in the chat as well, so I think that'll be good. Um, but uh, but real quick to give an idea of what we're going to be talking about. So the problems facing th- these are the problems. These are why I think console gamers really. Uh, <laughs> I'm already getting shit from Andy. Um, this is uh, this is what I think console gamers face uh, with Steam machines, uh, and, and and hopefully they're hoping they will attempt to solve them. I, I'm I'm pretty negative towards the the possibility of this, but we'll see. Um, I think first one is cost. And we've already kind of hinted at that. Uh, next one is hardware and software knowledge that's kind of inherent to uh, building a rig. Most people will tell you you can't pre-buy a rig. Um, there is still that that tough hurdle. And, Ben, I don't know how much experience you have with it, but the whole concept of if you buy a gaming laptop, you're kind of locked into time, much like you are when you kind of build a rig that's not prepared for the future. Yeah, yeah. The ability to upgrade a laptop is pretty much non-existent. But I think all you can really do is upgrade the RAM and the OS. Right, right. Like so right it, now, laptops are kind of locked in on their on their graphics card. And let's face it, the, one of the most common upgrades you'll make to a PC right now will be graphics card. So uh, that, that's kind of where we're at right now. The graphics card kind of defines your rig. Uh, not solely, but it's, it's the big factor in upgrading. Um, so we've got that knowledge. And then there's always the software knowledge, which is uh, getting all this shit to run right. <laughs> setting it all up. <laughs> And the ever-loving word that makes every uh, console gamer tune out immediately, drivers. Uh, The lovely world of the drivers, that little piece of software that tells your Windows PC. uh, I don't know. Do you know if Mac uses drivers? I'm guessing it does not. I honestly, I have no idea. I've okay. never dealt with a Mac before in my life. Well, sorry, Mac users. Uh, I, I can't answer <laughs> that question. But from what I've been told from, uh, you know, Apple Juice uh, fan and critic uh, Sean Freeman and various others, the Macs at least used to not be very in- intensive on that. But for most of us who are Windows PC gamers, especially running like Windows 7, uh, Windows 7 64-bit, yeah, you're talking about needing drivers, which uh, basically are software that tell your hardware what, Windows should do with it, or tells Windows what it should do with your hardware. Um, that can be a big problem. And then last but not least, definitely, is compatibility, because, uh, you know, I mean, you do know whenever you buy a PS3 game that if you put it in a PS3, it will run. That's not really the case with almost anything you buy on the PC front. There are no guarantees that anything will run on your your PC, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of the big title main, uh, games, you're you're pretty well set uh, if you have a decent PC. But once you get out to the uh, even the double A uh, games, it, it gets pretty it gets hairy fast. <laughs> yeah, well, and and some of the things I think about are uh, just talking to people now, especially because uh, with uh, a lot of clearancing. I mean, on the PC front, a lot of console games that were very popular this generation are getting now kind of just dropped on the PC front in, in terms of, of cost and lots of packages sold and stuff like that. And to this day, I, I still hear people constantly going, what? Because there's no uh, native um, support uh, for Bioshock 1 on the Windows 7 platform. You have to do some finagling there, some wheeling and dealing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fallout 3 is not officially supported, although, again, once you know how to do it, it's great. But uh, um, And I've actually been talking um, – with uh, with with a user on uh, on Twitter, 
Um, I'm going to give him credit. It's it's I think I think it's pronounced Rarg Dev, but uh, the username um, is uh, is at R A W R G Dev. Sorry, Rarg Dev. Um, and uh, he and I have been going back and forth trying to figure out why his copy of Bioshock Two wouldn't run for about <laughs> forever. And of course, a lot of that stuff is the the ever loving. Uh, residuals of uh, of games for Windows Live and the great DRM that's launched this generation. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So and again, all this stuff just just makes makes console gamers just pass out. Um, but yeah, uh, I can't count how many games I've uh, booted up and yeah, there's something where you have to deactivate physics. You have to mm-hmm. uh, change some settings around. Yeah, it's always an issue. <laughs> Yeah, oh, and also all those little things you hear, like PhysX, TressFX, what's anti-aliasing? And so we'll, we'll kind of delve into all that stuff a little bit, because the new generation's on, on the forefront, and uh, and there's a lot of things that... So I guess a little bit more than just Steam Machines is the whole concept of a Steam Machine, so that will also be discussed by us, where, like, our, our console gamers, even if you get a Steam Machine at the price you like, do you think... Console gamers can, like, move over. But there are some benefits to dealing with PC gaming, which is why every console gamer at least considers PC gaming from time to time. So, um, But since we've already kind of delved into it, um, and since I've been uh, talking a lot, uh, I'll let Ben get some, some words in edgewise. But, um, but so first and foremost, let's just clear the air. You have a gaming rig, correct? Like one yep. that can cur- play current games? Yeah, I, I got a GTX uh 460, so I'm lagging okay. behind a little bit, but I mean, it's handling anything I throw at it, for the most part. Yes. yes and the yes. things I can't handle are uh, not the graphics card problem. It's <laughs> mainly just bad programming. Yes, yes. Optimization is definitely uh, an issue that becomes very clear uh, on the PC front. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because I have a GTX 570, and Alan Wake lights my computer on fire. <laughs> oh, really? Like, Mine yeah, runs I, that with no problem. Oh, no, it, my PC runs it no problem, but it gets hot. My really? card gets hot. My quad core gets hot. I have to kind of open up the side and throw a fan on it, an extra fan. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, it's just some stuff that's not optimized one way or the other, you know. Um, it, the But the performance is fine. It's just it runs hot. You know, I get the, the little warning that uh, things are running hot, which you guys don't get on the PC or on the on the console front. Your your PS3 or 360 just <laughs> no shuts down that. or red rings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, I, I really think that'll be fair. But so cost. So a lot of people have talked this this ideal world, and I think you kind of hinted at it, Ben, that uh, a Steam machine will be three four hundred bucks. Yeah. And the console gamers think that's about as high as they can go. Which I'm I'm going to be a little bit of a dick here, but just realize, guys, I'm being devils. Advocate, I find it extremely ironic that in the same year that we were both prepared for the PS4 and the Xbox One to be 500 or more, and coming out of a generation where the PS3 was 600, that someone can so nonchalantly toss out a price point of three to 400 for a Steam box, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's it's just simply not realistic. Um, and uh, and I don't know, Ben. You tell me, but I'm looking at more the 800 to 1200 range seems to be a little closer, maybe even a little liberal, a little, little not conservative enough for the price point of uh, at least the Steam Machine betas we've seen discussed. What are your thoughts on that? I think 800 is a pretty good price point for getting something that's going to last you throughout the console's uh, lifespan and beyond. I mean, that's something that's going to that's that's gonna be, you can make a beefy machine for eight hundred dollars, and comparing it to what the consoles are going to be, it's going to run better than the consoles what they have in there for sure. Right, especially the the upper echelon ones, and, and we'll well, I mean, I guess we'll just dive into it, but uh, real quick, just just saying in the chat, there's a lot of discussion about graphics cards. Uh, we can get into it uh, at a different time. We won't get into it here, but basically, just so you guys know, from the Nvidia standpoint, anything that uh, ends with a 60, uh, 60, 70, 80, or 90 is, is your gaming end ones. But, uh, yep. but um, and the other ones can run them. It's just not as well. Uh, uh, but um, but uh, 
Andy in the chat from 42 Level 1 Podcast was like, oh, no, my PS3 lets me know when it gets too hot. Well, yeah, mine too. It sounds like I'm on a <laughs> runway and a jet engine's about to take off. That is true. Yeah. And uh, and I start to see the uh, that, that wooden part of my uh, – of, of my – Entertainment center start to bow a little bit, but uh, kind of feeds of sweat getting up on there. Yeah. The match ones on your forehead. Uh, that's that's why I like the launch PS PS3s because they had uh, the thickest wiring and the most heat sink and stuff like that. So they've got a lot uh, keeping it alive. I still have not yellow light of death or lost uh, my launch PS3, so it's still sticking strong. So uh, perhaps that was my problem. I got in a little late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've heard differing opinions, uh, although the new ones are much better at saying "cool." So there's that. So <laughs> they're much quieter. My God. Yes, I, I do have a thin. Um, I sold the thin at the last minute uh, to kind of help fund my PS4. So I, I didn't think I needed two anymore. But for a long time, <laughs> I ran two in my house. But uh, but yeah, so, so okay. So first of all, with cost. Now, we've heard a couple of things from Valve. For starters, it sounds like any, any rumors or hints you're hearing in the $100, $200 range of a Steam machine are solely streaming devices. Mm-hmm. Um, this is possible, but I do think there's still a barrier to entry. One, you've still got to have a PC that's a rig, so it kind of defeats the purpose to any console gamer. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point is just getting a cheap box. And, yeah, if you have to have an expensive box and a cheap box, yeah, it doesn't right. quite work out right. Yeah, so it works for gaming people. I can see where that's, like, something for maybe you or me um, if we wanted to move it to a different television that's not exactly my setup, uh, I, but I use my gaming PC for nothing but gaming. And I would argue, and that's probably the biggest barrier for PC gamers, most PC gamers do not do it that way. I would believe that they use it as their PC as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, in many cases, you've got, I think, Tiger Claw runs three, four different things. He's running Crisis on one thing. He's got all games up on another. He's probably <laughs> streaming the entire run of The Walking Dead on, on a third monitor. Like, he can he can do all kinds of crazy stuff with his setup. Um, but, yeah, aside from uh, most gamers, yeah, this is, uh, you know, and especially someone like me who's got it hooked up to their, their living room TV already, yeah, it's just not really a viable option. Um, but and on see- top of that, you have to worry about the whole streaming aspect of that. I mean, when have we seen streaming work well enough that you would want to play a fighter or a racer or even a Twitch shooter, a uh, first-person shooter on on anything that streams? There's well, always Yeah, and so that's my second point. So that means that the Steam machine has to have a gigabit slot, because I think gigabit's the only way you're going to pull this off. Your router has to have a gigabit wired mm-hmm. connection or wireless if you're actually that crazy to go for it um and then your original machine has to have a gigabit which i don't know about you but for me that's a new motherboard <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah i mean uh and, and again my motherboard uh yeah i i guess i could put something in the little pci slot that's right next to my uh my 570 but i bet those trip fans melt whatever's in that <laughs> slot pretty damn quick uh yeah, that so. paper thin uh, gap between the two probably not going to do much for you. Oh, we're talking flush, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's straight up flush because I bought a 5.1 sound card uh, oh, for five bucks nice. that I was going to pop in there. Uh, well, I, I get to win because the HDMI output on the uh, 570 includes the the digital out. But at first, I, w- I was using it as an option. So yeah. Uh, Ben, if you can use it, I, I can mail you that graphics card. You're welcome to it. It's <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to return it for three bucks, and yeah, no, I'm no. not using it. Um, or if anyone else out there, free gift, just let me know. Give me your address. I'll mail it to you. I'll, I'll even pay the shipping. That's how nice I am. But uh, um, so I, I don't think that entry level that Valve is trying to pitch works very well. Um, and so now on the other hand. The beta Steam machines that they're going to be giving out are good, but again, they support this higher cost issue because they announced that the graphics cards that will be in there is, in one, it's going to be a 660 Ti, Mm -hmm. which just for reference, guys, even after the price drop recently, I think those still retail in the 229 range for the Ti model. The 660 went to 180, but I think the Ti is still about 50 bones more. Then I believe the other one was the 780. Does that sound right? 
It's up there. There's, it's one yeah. of the 700s. I, I'm pretty sure it was a 780, uh, which now we're getting more on $400 or more, guys. I think a 780 may even be a $500 card. I'm sure yeah, someone in the are, chat will let me know. Yeah, the 760s, <laughs> I think you're looking around 250 if you're doing good, probably closer to 300. Right, and I know the some of those, the 80s. Some of those beta boxes, you have the 760s in them. Yeah, okay, then maybe it is the 760. And then the last one, the premium, the creme de la creme, is the damn Titan. <laughs> the graphics card's so awesome, it it, it, it goes beyond numbering. <laughs> uh, the Titan, just so people know, starts at about 800 and I believe can retail as high as, I think, the Asus model or one of those gets up to a grand or 1100 Yeah, yeah, 800 sounds pretty generous. Five gig. DDR5, the thing can run NASA in 3D rendering. Um, but uh, and uh, and 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 yeah, I think uh, having those. Uh, oh, and then yeah, we haven't even talked about uh, SLI. Um, oh god, which is yeah. twin cards lined up. Although I don't believe the beta Steam machines mentioned anything about SLI, um, which is kind of consistent, right? Because Linux, uh, I don't know how drivers work on that thing. Having a work PC right now that we're working with some software that runs Ubuntu 2, um, mm-hmm. it's kind of hit or miss with uh, hardware, although NVIDIA specifically is very good at trying to keep Linux in the loop. Um, yeah, but I know when you SLI or dual cards, you have to worry a lot about the... Uh, game makers releasing yeah, compatibility uh, and developers is the second part and yes so a lot of people don't you know i mean that's something console gamers definitely don't think about right you're only yeah. as strong as your the combination of your rig plus your developer knowledge and yeah. uh that's more apparent in pc gaming than anywhere else um but uh and those cards have two gpus okay so the cards themselves have two gpus but yeah there are a lot of games where sli literally needs to be turned off to run it sometimes uh and things like that, or it needs to wait for a patch or a driver. So um, I think that's why they were going right out of the box. But, yeah, with the Titan, with the card itself being 800 bucks, I can't see how the PC could be a whole lot lower than 1000 yeah, um, yeah. You know, and so, and so yeah, I, guys, I, I, I see that being a hard thing. And so the question becomes, well, one um, – I don't know. Do you guys tell me out there. Uh, feel free to write in and stuff. We'll we'll discuss it maybe on the next show or something. But uh, I think that makes, and chatters definitely chime in, but I think that makes for a much more difficult uh, conversation when you're like, well, the lowest end Steam machine with a 660 Ti is roughly the same cost as a PS4 and an Xbox One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um I- do you really think Steam is uh, going for the console gamers right out the gate? I would go so far as to say no, but the weird thing is the console gamer is now showing interest, and I think that's why I'm speaking to this. Okay, that's the flip there, yeah. Because I would say a lot of our listeners are probably console gamers. I still think console gamers is definitely the mainstream way to go. Um, I mean, let's face it, I, I consider myself a hardcore gamer, and uh, not since the 90s have I had a gaming PC. You know, so and even mine is considered tame by some, you know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of crazy people out there, though, too. Yeah. His name is Tiger Claw. He's in the chat. He's right. Um, (laughs) uh, Absolutely. Love you, TC. Um, But uh, but yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. Um, Now, here's the flip question, though. Ben, is this intriguing to you at all when it comes time to decide whether or not to make a new rig or to buy a steam machine? Um, I mean, it, it's the Steam box itself running mm-hmm. the Steam OS. That, that's probably a different conversation. And, well, no, that actually that's kind of what I'm hinting at. From a cost perspective, I think it's pretty easy to understand, and the plug and play aspect is pretty nice, especially uh, when you do something like I recently had to do, like change out power supplies and find out yeah. how to put cords everywhere and. Remove a thermal adapter, just to upgrade RAM. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't want to do that I had to do, and if I screwed up, it would have been bad. Um, but yeah, that's the question. Do you want something that will just play games when you're spending twelve hundred bucks for a PC, or do you kind of require that it works as a PC as well? I I would say you probably require the alternative um, that you can run stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, being a PC gamer already, I would uh, definitely 
go that route. Um, <laughs> um, your children are co-stars tonight. Hey, yeah, kids. no doubt. They Stay came in here. On. They want to oh, join awesome. in. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasting superstars right there. That's right. <laughs> um, but, um... But with the Steam OS, I would not go that route myself just because I have the knowledge. I mean, you can get a PC rig on a Windows machine to boot up, and you're instantly got Steam booting up. Just hit the middle uh, Xbox button, and you're in big picture mode. So yeah. the compromise that you're making between Windows and Steam OS, I don't think it's worth it to go the Steam OS if you know what you're doing. And that's the caveat there is... Most console gamers don't want to go through that hassle. Right, and so I can understand that. Uh, the last part, and maybe this is just me, do you have issues with big picture mode not being very optimal while running games and, more importantly, crashing while you're navigating it? Well, that's the that's the big thing with Steam is it, it, once you're in a game, it, it's, it does great. It's just playing the game, but uh, navigating through Steam is not exactly the smoothest thing ever, which kind of... Is one worrisome thing about a possible Steam OS is how well is that thing going to run? Yeah, because it maybe seems to rely on big picture. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and maybe it's just the fact that it's running on Windows and they have to deal with all that, and mm-hmm. put, uh, putting it on Linux would bypass all that possibly. Right. Right. Well, and 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 yeah, and so that's that's definitely a concern. And then I think the last part, as we've kind of talked about, is. Um, you know, and, and even Tiger Claw, I'd love to hear your, your word on this, um, uh, is, uh, you know, do you want something that only runs games or do you want something that can actually run, um, you know, operating systems and, and do different things, you know, cause just because SteamOS is Linux based does not mean that it's running Ubuntu or whatever. It doesn't mean you can, you know, just post apps wherever you want to. I, I believe it will run like a console. It will be a Steam machine, uh, you know, so. Uh, it sounds like they're going to keep it very open. So, I mean, you can tinker around with it as much as you want. Mm-hmm. Well, I see them utilizing the uh, the app circumstance that, like, PS3 and 360 and, obviously, Android and, and iOS have used. But who knows? Yeah, I mean. They don't I, mind if you hack it. I can tell you that much. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah definitely. Well, and a, a lot of people are saying, what about uh, taking the hit, you know, consolidating the price and taking a hit because you'll sell software? And uh, I don't think they can do that. And I'll tell you why. Uh, this is not my own idea. I think it was on a uh, Shack News, uh, but it might have been on Giant Bomb. Sorry, on uh, Weekend Confirmed, but it might have been on Giant Bomb. Somebody brought up the point that you can't... Um, drop the price like you do with these closed systems like the PS3 and the 360 because if you consolidate the hard, the the software and take a hit on it you will get business owners and stuff like that buying them to use as office PCs and not for gaming rigs and uh and then you'll you'll lose out on money every time and so i i don't see them dropping the price for stuff like that you know and uh and i don't th- see them trying to fight into the market space of like best buy's shelf or something like that yeah, yeah. If so. anything, they're trying to move away from that, it seems like. Yeah, so I, I really doubt you're going to see something where, you know, like the PS3, I think launch PS3s, Sony took a three to $400 hit on. You'd never see something like that with uh, an open platform like a Steam machine. So so with your openness comes your sacrifice, guys, and usually that's cashola. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, a couple people are talking about it. Yeah, the, there is, uh, especially TC saying, yeah, he, he pretty much, it, it's not just for games, it's for everything. So, you know, a Steam machine limited to games can be an, an issue as well. Um, so let's talk about knowledge, software, and hardware. Um, you know, I mean, obviously making a rig and stuff like that, as we've talked about, there's some things we know, some things we don't know. I don't know about you, Ben. I'm not, I'm not in the tech world as like a profession, um, I majored in journalism. I work in the healthcare industry in in a pathology department. I know more about tumors and surgery than than I know about uh, computers. Although the two are somewhat similar when you start getting into them. <laughs> um, I can see relations, yeah. 
Yes, yes. Uh, but, uh, but what I can say is, um, you know, obviously the software and hardware knowledge, just something like changing out a power supply or knowing that you need to before you yeah. jam that 670 in there and your PC turns off as it's booting up um, can be an issue in and of itself. And I, I, I know that console gamers don't want to have to think about something like that. So the Steam Machine definitely removes that. And there has been lots of talk about plug and play. And let's face it, Ben, I mean, with the stuff you would upgrade, which is, like you had said, pretty much hard drives, RAM, and graphics cards, those are very easy to replace in even a gaming PC. Now, a Steam Machine with an open socket like you have with, like, the PS3's hard drive. Mm-hmm. I don't see console gamers having much of an issue with that part of it. I think that could be successfully fixed. Um, And I might be dangerous in saying this, but can I safely say if you're going 8-core, you're probably pretty safe for a while? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would like to think 8-core, like, again, you might get more processing speed, but we were a dual-core society for a long time in the gaming PC gaming world. Um, yeah, I still think dual cores are probably about half of the PC gaming market out there. Mm-hmm. It's just now, with the new generation, it's just slowly switching to that quad core. Yeah, and then you got the weird outliers like the 6 and the 8 cores and stuff like that. But uh, And yeah. again, people are talking about it in the chat. A lot of developers can't even use them properly and things like that. Um, the processor, much less of a factor now than it was, say, 10 years ago. Um, yeah. But it's still there. But um, So when you remove that, then the last one is software. And, again, I think that can be fixed as well because once you have a Steam machine, you know, again, that's the hard part about PC development, right? You're building for every PC and combination that could possibly be out there. Mm-hmm. But if you have, like, three main models of Steam machine or even let's go crazy and say five to ten, I think if developers optimize for those models, it, you'd be good to go. Plus, and you tell me, do you think uh, – I could foresee myself building a machine on my own that replicates the specs and, and, and hardware that's in a Steam machine, especially if I know that the PC game coming out says approved for all Steam machine, you know, compliant hardware or something oh, yeah. like that. You know, I mean, that is the new way to make PC gaming a little bit more like, you know, yeah. console gaming uh, in a good way. <laughs> yeah, if you can just uh, sit it by your TV and have a controller hooked up to it and only occasionally have to hook up a keyboard and mouse to try to problem solve, that that would be ideal for sure. And I can do that. Like, uh, like you said, um, big picture mode can crash on you, but it doesn't crash while you're playing the game. Yep. Um, and so oftentimes I do that. I just turn on my PC. I give it about 30 seconds. It boots in about 30 seconds. Um, and then I just turn on my Xbox 360 controller. I have a wireless adapter. Nice. Steam auto-populates, so it's already running. It just runs into big picture mode, turn on the TV, and boom, there it is. It's just waiting in the menu. And if I'm going Alan Wake, which I'm playing right now, you just press X and or A and go. I mean, it just starts up. So, you know, I could see that going that route. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think the Steam machines could successfully remove the software and hardware knowledge base, but then the last part is compatibility, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to sign on for a Steam machine, you want all the benefits of Steam, and that yep. goes up to and including things such as uh, running Bioshock 1 because it's on Steam, um, <laughs> running Fallout 3 because it's on Steam, and the question being, what can those do? Now, granted, I'm sure someone will point out that that's an OS issue. That's a Windows 7 OS issue specifically, and DirectX issue. And maybe if SteamOS can speak to those, uh, that can that can also fix it. Um, but I think you're going to have a hard time. Those Steam Machine things better work plug and play. Yeah. yeah. Insert disk, download game, go. Because if it doesn't on a Steam Machine... People aren't gonna. People are not gonna go search the uh, the Tom's Hardware forums and the. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, where else do we go? The Steam forums are a great place to find out how, why your game's not working, and they're definitely not gonna open an INI file in uh, in um, Notepad and adjust uh, DirectX settings. <laughs> now, if you have to do something outside the game menus, you've that's an issue. That's yeah, where it's gonna fall apart right there. Yeah, so I'm curious to see how it goes. Um, would love to be one of the chosen 300, but I doubt it. <laughs> no, uh, no. <laughs> what are we, I think I, I looked recently, I think it was up to like 
480 or 600,000. It's, it's up there. It's near half a million, if not having broken that echelon now. <laughs> wow. So I, I pretty much have a better chance of going and running the Powerball uh, to pay for the rest of the year's worth in bills uh, than getting a steam machine. But you never know. <laughs> and it's free to sign up. It doesn't cost you the dollar ticket. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Why the hell not? <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so I'm not sure. Uh, I guess, so I guess the last question, I really want to open it up to you first. So who do you think the Steam Machine is really for then? I would say it's for the future. Not, I mean, mm-hmm. I think right now there's, PC has momentum, um, and uh, PC gamers, and obviously it's getting console talk, uh, players to talk about PC games as well. So, I mean, that's the first step, is getting interest from them. Uh, they're still going to buy their PS4s, Xbox Ones, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But this this thing is going to be around for a while. Uh, it's going to be, if it's minutely successful, it's going to be moving away from Windows, so Steam is going to have their own thing going on. Um, I mean, right now, most PC gamers are talking about just getting smaller boxes, like you were saying, just put it by the TV and have it just boot up to big picture mode, just have it act like a console. But nobody's really talking about buying a Steam box for that mm-hmm. because of the OS, because of the cost, because, I mean, they're PC gamers. They know what they're doing. They can do it cheaper. They can do it better on their own, most likely. But, I mean, this is something... Well, and Valve encourages it. Like, they've said, you know, oh, don't just think it's Steam Machine stuff. You know, because Valve doesn't care how you're making it. No, no, no. It's actually easier if you do it yourself. Valve will gladly, gladly give you a how-to guide. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. For free. And they'll include it in the download of SteamOS. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, I mean, d- okay, so so th- then on the flip side, yeah, do you see uh, – because obviously that is future planning. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I mean, I think another thing people aren't thinking about is PC gaming has allowed – has been able to just blow away console gaming so easily because of how redonkulously long this generation is. Yeah. I think it is the longest, if not it's the second longest generation. Uh, the only other one I can think of is the 16-bit era, which was circa 1989 all the way through to 95. And I do think that's only six years, mental yep. math. So this would be this would be the longest generation. Well, maybe 32-bit lasted a long time. But anyway, the point being is, yeah, this is this is long. Um, the entire generation lasted about as long as the PS2 did, which is pretty impressive. Um, I should also point out TC is talking about there's a uh, a Linux program called Wine, which lets you run uh, Windows PC games. So that's another option uh, they could do. Um, but uh, but yeah, I uh, um, and by the way, there's some awesome chat right now about CD based gaming, but I can't jump into it. Uh, CD like CD consoles like the Philips CDI and and uh, the the PSX, the oh, Japanese wow, right PSX. up your alley. Oh, I know. I just go nuts over stuff like that. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, I could see it. Um, to be honest with you, a person like me, if I finally decide to upgrade my Steam PC, I won't want to use it as a computer. I, I still use laptops and stuff for a lot of my journalism stuff, and I, I just I'm I'm really a, a separation of church and state kind of guy with that stuff. Gotcha. That makes sense. Like I I seriously I know it sounds stupid, but I have old. You know, bought in city auction Windows XP PCs all over my house. <laughs> I capture my gameplay on one laptop I bought at an estate sale for 60 bucks. It's an old Acer that was running Vista terribly. I wiped it and installed uh, XP on it with no drivers and just used that. And it runs lightning fast up here. This is a, a PC that if it got AIDS, I wouldn't care. Um, <laughs> you know, and so, and then my gaming PC is only allowed to have sex with Steam. An origin, there you, you know, go. like yep. it's it's not allowed. It's unprotected sex, but it's not allowed to have sex with anybody. You know, it's in a marriage. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of interesting too. But, uh, but it is really the way I do it. So I could see myself actually. So I guess I would be one of the few who could see myself going with a steam machine. But again, it's going to take literally years of having the machine out to convince me that Steam OS and mm-hmm. Big Picture and all that stuff is going to work properly. 
And I am not keen on that controller, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure I... this I'm sure this steam machine will support anything I want to put on it. Yeah, it sounds like the controller will be uh decent enough, but I think that I, I don't think anybody's gonna be not too many people are gonna be jumping from the three sixty controller to use that thing. Yeah, although I am pretty damn tempted to jump to the Xbox One controller. I literally on the PC as well. Yes, yes. Oh, Although nice. there's no word yet on whether it's right outside the box. I don't think they spoke to it. They might have recently, um, but uh, yeah, I, I like. I'm not getting an Xbox One at launch, but I have hovered on the Amazon <laughs> with my <laughs> with my gift card balance. I have hovered over uh, the Xbox One controller a couple of times. That is, they are still available at this moment. That is very but. tempting. I did. I had no idea. Yeah, Xbox One, I think it will work with PC out of the box. I don't know if it will work with, like, for example, my adapter right now that works with 360. That would be awesome if it did, though. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, a little bit of a dissection on the Steam machine. And, and, you know, sorry, guys, if you were a console gamer who was hoping for a $300 thing that's going to compete with the PS4. It will not be that. Um, because then it really would beat everything, right? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Especially at Steam's prices. <laughs> yeah, but, give it um, a few years, it might hit that. Well, yeah, or it might go the other way, and, and that's what we're going to talk about right now. So obviously one of the benefits is cheap games, right? Oh, yeah. Games are stupid cheap. And you don't even, you think you know, because you look at Steam sales and stuff like that, until you really start, um, <clears throat> Until you really start doing stuff like I'm doing right now, where I'm looking back on the generation and just tr- trying to clean up while stuff is still on shelves. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and oh, yeah, I should point out uh, Andy in the chat saying the PS4 controller is going to work with PC as well. That's oh, nice. true. I do think it's going to use Bluetooth, though, and I currently don't have a Bluetooth device on my uh, PC, but I it's possible. I think many yeah. people do. I'm yeah. sure it would be a cheap add-on. Yeah, um, I, I definitely know it's a hop, skip, and a jump to get a PS3 controller working on PC, um, but uh, but hopefully there's some sort of solution beyond Bluetooth uh, in the PS4 controller, but who knows. Um, but uh, that will be another option. i got to get my hands on these controllers and see what I really think, though. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, when you start going back and looking for PC games, like, yeah, you, or for, for games of this generation, like, I can't get over the fact that, like, I'd love to try Velvet Assassin, <laughs> but it's, it's $12 on 360 used at GameStop, and it's not on shelves, and yeah. it's, it's like four ninety nine on Steam, or if I go on eBay, because I'm sure it was part of a humble bundle at some point. Yep, yep. It's like ninety nine cents. Buy it now, no problem. Emailed to me in a heartbeat. I yeah. can't ignore that stuff. Or that's like the thing, the Steam marketplace is only the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you got Amazon going crazy with the gaming. deals. You got uh, yeah. good old games for the older ones, and God they even got yeah. newer ones. And Green Man Gaming has been killing it lately. Yes. They have a, they they have have a code that is almost constantly 20% off of everything. New, yes, old, whatever. On sale. Well, Gamefly, Gamefly has been impressing me a little bit. You just got to be very careful, even more so than Green Man Gaming. Green Man Gaming is pretty safe because if they talk about anything on being able to sell your game back, you know it's their download service. Okay. But for the most part, they call out when it's a Steam code. Uh, it's a little harder with uh, with uh, GameFly. You literally need to find the this game requires a Steam client to run before you know it's a code. But they're doing some pretty cool stuff right now too, Ben. Like right now they're doing Skyrim for fifteen bucks, nice. and they do have a twenty percent off code, and it is Steam codes. And if you want the Legendary Edition with all the DLC and stuff, it's like thirty. <laughs> And uh, Morrowind and Game of the Year Edition and uh, Oblivion Game of the Year Edition, those are all like ten, seven fifty, something like that. So uh, you can do some pretty good cleaning up on GameFly as well. But GameFly, be very careful making sure it's Steam. And the reason I say Steam is because I can't. I love Green Man Gaming. I love GameFly and things like that and the services they offer. But at the end of the day, because especially now that we've seen these games for Windows and stuff falling through. Mm-hmm. I can't really trust they're necessarily going to be there. I'm a little more sure of, like, Ubisoft's Uplay and EA's Origin. Yeah. And even I know a lot of people who won't touch those. Yeah. But yeah. I'm a little more confident of those being there versus Green Man Gaming, which is very successful right now, or even Amazon to a certain extent. I don't want to deal with the reality that they'll say someday, well, you can't have these. And now I have this library of 
you know, guys, if you're not a PC gamer, I mean, your library can very quickly be hundreds of gigabytes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Multiple terabytes, <laughs> uh, you know? <laughs> so you don't want to chance that. And I don't see Steam going anywhere anytime soon, or at least in my lifetime, so... But uh, so there's the cheap games. Now, here is a thought I had, though, Ben. Um, you know, if it goes mainstream, if, let's say the perfect world happens, right? Mm-hmm. A $300 Steam machine comes out. Nobody's buying console games anymore. Everybody's buying Steam. Amazing. Yep. With that large of an audience, then, does it devalue the need to kind of do Steam sales like this? Do you, I, I wonder if the whole concept of Steam sales, Steam coding, things like that, I wonder would that, would that kind of go away? Would PC games raise in price more? Would they more consistently remain in price? Would we, dear God, see them on, you know, going back to boxes? Yeah. And if they're on store shelves, then you're literally stepping back to a previous problem where all these deals go away. No, this is this is a boulder that's rolling down a hill that it has no end. There's too much competition out there at this point for anybody to stop the sales. I mean, people are used to it. If uh, one place is not going to have the sales, they're gonna there's gonna be somebody else there that's more than willing to take your money. Be yeah. it five bucks less than the competition, they're gonna take it. They will have no problem. It's 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 Pandora's box. It's been open. You can't stuff it back in. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I and I totally agree with you. I was kind of playing devil's advocate, but uh, yeah, I, I, I got to crack up because uh, in the show thing, Funk Junkie saying, "Great show, Fred." I don't understand a damn thing, but <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Um, Warham is also saying, you know, packaging is is out. If it's yeah. sold in packaging at all, it would just be a code in a box. Waste of plastic. Distribution is no longer necessary because we're all used to going online anyway. Um, now, again, this is PC gamers. This is not console gamers. Console gamers, you're going to have to get with that. You're going to have to deal with bandwidth caps and all that fun shit. Hopefully, Google will just take over the United States with <laughs> Google Fiber over the next, like, decade, and we'll be okay. Because I will tell you right now, I've been waiting over a year for it to come to my – staring at the Google Fiber thing saying – with my city saying, we'll be there soon. Mm, take soon my money. too long Get away. Yeah, I cannot <laughs> give it to them fast enough. But uh, also, Warham said Steam could distribute partial games to cut down on pirates. That's a pretty solid option. Huh. <clears throat> you know, or uh, there, there actually, when you've got something as dynamic as Steam, there are some great ways you can uh, deal with piracy in the modern day. You know what I mean? Um Especially a Steam machine. Jesus, could you imagine it? Like like so many other things, it forces like an online authentication or something. Mm-hmm. And see, Steam, people don't talk about it. That is an always-on platform. Just because it lets you go, what, 30 days without checking in with it does yeah. not mean it's not uh, – it doesn't require you to get online. And I don't think anyone's really had much of a problem. In fact, most people don't even notice it needs to get online that often. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's only been a few times there was once where it forgot my password, so it kind of – verify it as far as my <laughs> machine. You. I've had right. that happen once, but yeah. Yeah, Steam not so good on the uh, reissuing passwords, emails, and stuff like that. It's not as instantaneous as I would have liked. It's better than it's been, but uh took me a little while to get back Spider's Venom 7 on the Steam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So obviously cheap games are a huge reason. And so I guess... Here's here's another thing for people to think about if you're not sure what to do. And, you know, there's a lot of people who aren't biting on the next gen yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very safe, right? Nobody knows quite what it's going to do. You and know, um, the games don't really seem to be that compelling. There's a few big ones, but for a lot of people, there's not quite enough. Well, and you can see even with Sony, first party, oh. like they're having problems on their own machines. Yep. It just rushed too fast. They They realized they had to get out the new machines. And they were hoping that because it's PC architecture, developers could flip real quick. And a couple have. But I think what they didn't count on, and I'm talking both Microsoft and Sony, was the fact that their third-party console fronts, those guys need jobs too. And so they're not going to take the PC team and just throw them on both the PC launch and the PS4 launch. They're going to try to get the PS3 guys to do the PS4 launch. And that's where you start having problems. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
But um but yeah, so um so cheap games is good. I think I could even go so far as to say I mean I had this point this year, Ben, where this summer I was literally every time something would go on sale on Steam during the Steam sale <laughs> I would run out to GameStop. Now, again, this is not something most people can do because you have to have a lot of free time and you got to be able to do things like grab your daughter who was watching My Little Pony and just run her up to the GameStop where she doesn't want to be. <laughs> but I was literally able to trade in games that went on sale on the Steam sale, like big games like Tomb Raider this summer, for more money in Steam points Mm -hmm. than it cost me to rebuy the game on PC. I literally turned like 30 of my console games into like 70 Steam games. And I got every single one of those games I traded in back. Probably a lot of DLC to go on top of that too. Yes, that was the other thing. Discounted DLC, man. Like every console manufacturer likes to use Retail market is the excuse why they can't do what Steam can do. Just in case you guys were were expecting PSN and and Xbox Live uh, on the new consoles to sell digital at a cheaper price, at least in America, that's never going to happen as long as Walmart exists and those machines are on shelves. Sorry, they can't do it. But what they can do is drop the DLC prices, and God, why don't they? I, it, that is so that is a rarely stupid happens. untapped market. It is so yeah. frustrating. I mean, you get a good deal on the game, you get it for like ten bucks or something like that from GameFly, whatever. You go online and you want all the content. Well, you get another fifty bucks right there. <laughs> yeah, that's a that, good deal. That recently happened with me again. Uh, I forgot what game it was, but it was cheaper to buy the game with all the DLC for like two dollars and fifty cents. Then it was, oh, you know what? It was Alan Way going to play American Nightmare. It's 15 oh, okay. bucks on Xbox Live. And I was like, yeah, or I could buy Alan Wake Collector's Edition with soundtrack and the download content and American Wasteland. It was on the Steam sale for like two ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Battlefield 3 quickly so went that way as well. Oh, yeah. That was Oh, huge. yeah, the DLC. And they are those games where the DLC is the, the, the stopping point, you know? Yep. Game of the Year editions would not be so popular if DLC hadn't hit that point. So um, I'm hoping that that aggressive kind of stuff. And then there's the indie gaming stuff, which I think at least PS4, but I think we'll see Xbox One do the same, is definitely ready to start doing that. Um, That's going to make my Steam bucks go towards the the PlayStation Network here and there a little bit. You know, I'm I'm noticing already. I've already not bought Outlast because I know it's coming to PS4. Oh, nice. Yeah, but, um, well, so, as we're wrapping up, um, unless there was anything you wanted to speak to on games, but, oh, well, my argument was going to be, a PS4 with even a handful of good games can literally become more expensive or close to the same price as a Steam machine with a hundred dirt cheap games. Mm, yeah. And if you don't think Steam's not going to do some stuff at launch of, like, 100 bucks in my wallet cash or something with the purchase of any Steam machine, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. No, they're going to jump on that. Yeah, so. But, uh, um, so, uh, but last but not least, uh, I want to talk about, um, do you think we're going to start seeing a blurring of the lines as the console gets more like the PC and the PC tries to, at least on the gaming front, act more like the console? And I was talking to you beforehand. I was thinking about what are console gamers going to do the day they turn on their PS4, turn on Watch Dogs, and it wants to know what kind of anti-aliasing they want. Uh, do they want higher medium effects for shadows? Do they want V-Sync? Um, I think V-Sync is, is an inevitability on all upcoming games, I think. Yeah, but putting that choice in the face of the console player, I don't I don't think they're going to go that route. I don't see them oh, doing that. Oh, you mean that. like force it like they did with Borderlands? Yeah. yeah. I know Borderlands 2 was forced at 30 frames on consoles just to prevent any issues with V-Sync. Okay. Um, because its frame rate is so inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know. Oh, my God. You've not played Borderlands 2 on PC? Jesus Christ. It's terrible. <laughs> it's not a terrible game. It actually works great, and it looks gorgeous, and I love the physics. Yeah. But its frame rate will go from, like, 40 to 170 to, yeah, it's all over the place. And I'm playing it on a TV, so I have to lock that sucker at 120. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, that that particular game, yeah, I know they locked it at 30. 
to avoid any V-Sync issues on the consoles. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, so you you think they'll just not have that stuff in there? I, I think that's the one thing they got going for them. That's what console gamers have grown up to expect is just throw the disc in and get playing, hit the start button, continue game. You know, they're, I don't think they're going to want to do anything beyond that. Out. Right. Once they start getting putting up any barriers between the consumer and their game, it, they're going to hear from the consumer and they're going to back off very quickly, I believe. Okay, yeah, I, I was telling Ben beforehand, if you play the PS3 version of Saints Row 2, if you have PSN Plus, you might have gotten it for free, um, there's a V-Sync option, and you can turn it on. And I, I did, because it I hated the, the, the screen tearing. I hate screen tearing. It's 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 my nemesis. I will deal with poor performance over screen tearing. Um, <laughs> and you get just that. You get 10 frames, 10, 15 frames a second, and you have no screen tearing. And uh, I th- I said it was just the weirdest option to have on a, on a console game. And so maybe you're right. Maybe some developer may be ballsy enough to toss it in here or there. Yeah. Do you ever foresee them testing that out just in the interest of uh, – of, of like letting FPS gamers get better frame rates. Possibly, I could see it happening. I could see a few developers uh, throwing it out there as an option. Do you want to sacrifice one thing for better graphics, or do you want to sacrifice graphics for faster gameplay? Maybe it does take off, and maybe everybody does love it. I could definitely see that happening, but I don't think it will. Like the, okay, yeah, because like for me, the only person I can foresee is the FPS gamer. Um, they're ridiculous on PCs, and I do think, and this is probably a controversial statement, but maybe it's not. The biggest reason I don't play many competitive FPS on PC is because it's only a matter of time till those servers, you know, you, you end up being in a sea of either paying for servers that don't cheat or nothing but cheating servers. Mm-hmm. And even though it kind of plagues the consoles eventually, um, I would argue that the, the current year or iteration of Battlefield, Call of Duty, things like that, they're still well, relatively regulated on the consoles, more so, I would say, than the PC. Yeah, so, yeah. It's always I don't a know. I guess shoot. Battlefield 3 was pretty safe on PC this time around, but I don't know. Actually, no, I take that back. I've heard very differing opinions on that. So. Yeah, it's always a crapshoot, and it's frustrating getting into the game and uh, just getting completely owned and not fully knowing if uh, it's legit or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I don't know. I guess we shall see. Um, if you guys want to chime in on this, on any of the topics we've talked about, definitely write in uh, GamingHistory101.com forward slash contact. But as talked about, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter show, and I've got a couple of things to pimp. But before I do that, I wanted to thank you very much, Ben, for you and your family joining me tonight <laughs> on Gaming History 101 to talk about the steam machines um well thank you very much for uh, inviting me on i was very excited to finally get to talk to you absolutely and you are welcome back anytime you want in fact if you want to come back in the near future uh, i'll talk about those right now so here's this starting next week is going to be one hell of a month for me on gaming history 101 because lots of stuff's going on just like everybody else but uh starting next week we're going to do the very uh the the long-awaited uh, Jam and uh, Alan from uh, last week's show, uh, Tears of a Feather, are going to come on and we're going to talk about Silent Hill and Resident Evil. We're going to ping-pong back and forth in order from the first game of each and then moving forward. So obviously it's going to be a little Resident Evil heavy in the, in the beginning, but then Silent Hill takes over in the PS2 era uh, while Resident Evil tries to figure out how to make a, uh, a PS2 game um, or a GameCube game, shall I say. Uh, but that will be going on next week. It will definitely go down to the wire right up to VGO. <laughs> um, and uh, week after that, we've got uh, – we're going to have, I believe, Isaiah and – oh, I know the second guest, but I, I'm blanking on him right now. I'm sorry. Um, but we're going to be talking about the generation in review. And I'm talking about everything, the 360, the PS3, the DS, the PSP. All that stuff. We're going to go back and look at it and the trends and things like that. Oh, and James. Listener James uh, should be joining us as well. Sorry about that, James. Um, (laughs) That's probably also going to be a long show, but we're going to look more at, like, trending stuff. Like HD becoming a thing and online gaming becoming a thing and stuff like that. So, And then we'll dedicate the last half an hour to just talking about all the games we loved. 
Then the week after that, we're going to have Matt O'McFly from VGO, Matt Bradford. Um, oh, Tiger Claw's asking, will there be a Gaming History 101 Halloween episode? That will be uh, just before Halloween. It'll be two days before Halloween, and that will be next week's uh, Silent Hill, uh, right? Yeah, that's right before Halloween. Yeah, that'll be the Silent Hill Resident Evil one. So, um, anyway, uh, we'll be we'll be having Matt Bradford on and maybe somebody else. Ben, you're welcome if you wish to talk PS3. We're gonna talk about the PS3 from launch to current, uh, to honor the uh, three days later release of the PS4. And then, last but not least, we will be having Normie, also from VGO fame, but now part of Knuckleball Radio and ZombieCast. Coming on to talk 360, and surprisingly, nobody else has wanted to jump in on the 360 thing. I was going to get um, Eli to come on from Knuckleballer as well, because he's the biggest 360 fanboy I know, but unfortunately, he's working, so he can't do it. But uh, if you're interested, Ben, you're welcome to come on for either of those. Yeah, the PS3 one definitely sounds like fun. Okay, well, if you want to jump in at the last minute, you can tell me even up to the morning of. <laughs> Until I... <laughs> Fill the slot, um, and uh, but yeah, we'll be talking about that. So it's going to be a busy month, guys, and uh, reason to tune in every week, right? Um, and uh, and and those will all lead up to their reciprocal stuff. So the the generation will be right, you know, one week, and then we'll talk about the PS3, then the PS4 will launch. We'll talk about the Xbox 360, then the Xbox One will launch, and then we're probably going to talk. Uh, I think what we're going to do at the end there of the month is Blue Stinger for the Dreamcast. That's going to be our game club game. So if you haven't already picked it up or if you want to play it for the show, make sure to grab Blue Stinger for the Dreamcast. Me and Trees will be talking Blue Stinger. So that's how we're going to wrap up November most likely. Um, but, uh, but yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, and uh, until next week, I guess we shall say keep gaming. Oh, and remember to check out Ben's show, Platforming Enthusiasts. Uh, it's uh, Platform Junkies. <laughs> junkies. Why can I never remember? It's, it's on my podcast name. app, too. It's, it's so good. funny. Uh, so yes, uh, so definitely check it out. It is a worthwhile, all you have to do is listen to Ben and Chocobo and the various others, but you two are the ones that I know the most. I know your personalities to know that that's a worthwhile show. So definitely check it out and, uh, we'll call it a week.